So welcome back, Russell Quirk, the man that is known for very strong opinions in the industry. Um, and most of them, I have to say, I do agree with. I know that uh, lots of people won't um, believe me when I say that. Russell, we spoke last time about the evolution of a state agency and how actually if you could get a better fee at the front end, of course, you would be able to deliver a better service to the customer, etc. There is a there is a foible in that theory. And the and we also talked about in America, they earn but good realtors in America earn $300,000 a year. And again, there's a foible in that process. Um, foible being that they turn their pipelines a damn sight quicker than we do in the UK. Yeah. Um, I remember being a lad back when I were a lad, we would turn our pipelines four times a year. Every We'd have a 33% pipeline turn month in, month out. We would know that if we had 100 grand in our pipeline, by the end of the quarter, we'd have banked 300 grand. Yeah. It isn't like that now, is it? No, it's not. And it's... Um... Look, let's, let's be really clear. It, it is the fault of conveyances. Um, and, you know, I've had lots of run-ins on social media, face-to-face, -face, and in all sorts of scenarios with conveyances that have become very good at being apologists for a traditional system. Now, there's... I, I, I'll Remind me to come back to what the solution is, by the way, because um, if I rant on, I might forget what the actual solution is. Um, so conveyancing was, um, conveyancing was actually initiated as a process would you believe by henry the eighth and it's true and guess what it hasn't changed since so since the whatever it was 16th century conveyancing which is the conveying of property from one person to another uh, has stayed largely the same um, it's obviously got more complex now because there's more information there's more search information to be concerned about um, and obviously that there's all sorts of liaising on mortgages and now, of course, AML and you know, politically exposed persons and so on and so on. So, of course, it's got more complex. What, what conveyances have ended up doing, though, is just sticking with an archaic process, adding things on so that it becomes more cumbersome and more protracted, still insisting on doing everything consecutively, right? So every agent listening to this will, will, will be familiar with this scenario. Uh, sell a house, get the lawyer instructed by way of a memorandum of sale, uh, property information questionnaire goes out by post three or four days later from the seller's lawyer to the seller. Uh, eventually, that goes back five or six days later. Uh, then a contract might be issued. Then the buyer's lawyer issues the same standard 56 inquiries that they issue on every single purchase. That takes a couple of weeks for that to be bounced back. Um, in the meantime, nothing else much happens in the way of a search, for instance, being initiated because the lawyer decides on the buyer's side that they don't want to initiate a search until there's a mortgage offer, which can't happen until there's a valuation, which is going to take three or four weeks for the mortgage forms and the survey fee to be paid. It, this is all pretty familiar to us, right? Yeah. So what we end up with is a mishmash, a hodgepodge of a consecutive, archaic, draconian process that not only takes a long time, but the, the numbers that I see, so from we do a lot of research in, in our PR firm. In fact, I'm, I'm looking at a head of research right now in my office. Hello, Alex. Um, we do a lot of research around, for instance, transaction times. And, and you know, there's numbers out there now that are showing that typically from offer to completion in certain places, and yes, fueled sometimes by searches taking an age to come back from local authorities, it can now take nearly six months typically for a transaction to go through. Now, pre-COVID, it was about 
four months, which was still hideously unacceptable, in my opinion. But then, of course, we have what I call the COVID excuse, which is conveyances that didn't staff up, even though they could see that it was getting busier and busier and busier. Um, and, and so operationally, conveyances are acting in the same way as they were 400 years ago, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, the same as they were three years ago, moaning about process, not seeking in any way, shape or form to circumvent or to innovate and actually have the audacity, apart from sitting on their hands and, and doing everything in such a kind of dated way, they have the audacity to blame the agent. They blame the agent twofold. One, stop ringing us for updates, because if you keep ringing us, we can't come back to you and you know progress things. Well, sorry, but if you're as a conveyancer, if you're taking four weeks to process one part of the transaction, of course the agent who is being chased to within an inch of their life by their selling and buying clients, of course they're going to check in with you to see what on earth is going on. Um, so the, the, and the whole thing, as I've kind of outlined in a very long-winded way, sorry, but it, it's ripe for change and disruption. It, and conveyances basically say, apart from, you know, and the agent apparently, the other thing, of course, is that it's the agent's fault for not providing upfront information. Well, I, I accept a part of that, that I think upfront information is key, as are, I think, reservation fees and so on. So it's a, so here, here comes part of the solution. The hang, on, hang on, before we get to the solution, I want to challenge you on this one. Okay. If that's okay. So I, I, I run a course sometime and talk about the psychology of estate agency. And one of the bullet points I have as my definition of the psychology of estate agency is, it's the ability to manage expectation and disappointment. Because the, an agent's job is to, what I believe, or what I call is clear the runway to make problems go away before people have realized that they've arrived. Um, and I do fundamentally believe that it isn't all of the fault of the conveyances. I think that the agents have their part to pay in certain areas. I'll, give, I'll, I'll state some. 60% of memos, memorandums and sale that go out are in, inaccurate. They don't have initials, they don't have the right names. There's no chain details on them. There's uh, no documents, not up, upfront information. As an estate agent, when I was running for, um, countrywide and as an agent in Winchester, in fact, 30 years ago, when I was working with Rob Hailstone from the Bold Legal legal Group, but Rob, no, was my, Rob was my conveyancer. Another outspoken not. individual, but from the other side of the argument, of course. Yeah, Rob was my conveyancer. He's a good friend of mine. Mm. I used to get him instructed at the time of instruction. Mm. Um, and moreover, what I used to articulate and explain to my, to my customers was that they're the client and they have to tell their lawyer what to do. Because I do completely agree is that it can be a linear process with most conveyances, tick, <laughs> tick, tick, but it should be binary. You should be doing two or three things at the same time. It should be in parallel, yes. So the only thing I would say in, in um, retort to your point is that the best agents out there and the really good agents, which I think that this is the standard that we need to get to, which is back to the old world, the, the last conversation that we had, is that they need more knowledge of the process and therefore be able to um, take control of their conveyancing chain themselves. But the, the problem is, Ian, not everybody is as smart and wise as you, I'm afraid. So the, the majority of estate agents simply don't do that. You know, going back to the last conversation without labeling it too much, because we've kind of done that, is how many agents honestly manage the expectation of their seller and buyer? That when the seller and buyer says, I'm going to sell this, but I've got to be exchanged and completed within six weeks. How many agents honestly say, oh, no, that's not going to happen, mate? They, they don't do that. The same as when the agent, when the owner says, I need 400 grand for this and it's worth 370. How many agents honestly walk away from that? How many really manage expectations? So, yes, it's a problem. 
But I think it's endemic within the industry that we certainly as agents, we hope for the best and we do and say whatever we can to try and get a deal over the line. Because, of course, most agencies are doing what, three, four deals a month. You know, if you do four instead of five, three instead of four, that's a big, big difference to your bottom line. So, of course, we, we exaggerate. And I think we're over optimistic, actually. I think the same with conveyancing and, and all the stuff you set out. Look, I, I agree all those things help. But those things, by way of good agents, were being done two, three, four, five, six years ago as they are now. But the process is now still taking 50 percent longer than it was two years ago. That's down to the conveyances. Is that also down to to lenders and lenders being more picky and the amount of paperwork that needs to be done? Just what, what impact has that had? Maybe. And is it down to local authority searches? Yeah. But but as I said to a conveyance, I was talking to Lorraine Richardson about this, um, who's a very, very smart lady on the conveyancing side. And I said, look, don't lament the process. Change it. Yeah. And, and I said, so, you know, you'll bang on about, yeah, but local authority searches take three months in Portsmouth. Oh, okay, fine. So who, who from the Society of Licensed Conveyances or the whoever, who has proposed that we get away with, get away from having local authority searches, which, by the way, never, ever come up with a problem, ever. Yeah, yeah. Anyone put their hand up honestly and say, oh, deal fell through because the local authority search came up bad. Yeah, true. Never, ever has happened in my 25 years, right? So why don't we then suggest as conveyances that you replace it with title insurance. Yeah. Now, I shouldn't have to suggest that. I'm not a conveyancer. But the conveyancing fraternity, rather than working with a broken system and hoping for the best and it then becoming even worse in terms of the time it takes, seek to solve it through innovation and problem-solving solutions. That is where the conveyancing sector is coming undone. Because they're, they're, it's, it's like if they were car manufacturers, conveyances in the UK, They'd still be building Austin Allegros. Uh, I, so I think I'm going to give. Well, he doesn't even know what an Austin Allegro is. I've got no idea. Very I know, I know They used to call it the All Agro. That was its pseudonym. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to concede the, the point on that. When I, I was in a room of conveyances a couple of weeks ago in Manchester, and a couple of them shared frustration with me that they were digital and they hated being involved in a chain of non-digital conveyances. To which I asked that very question. So what's your solution? They said, well, we just have to put up with it. And I said, no, you don't. No. You really don't have to put up with it. You need to start advertising to the consumer that you're digital. And you yeah. need to go and find other two, other digital age, other digital conventions around the UK. And you just bloody refer to each other. Yeah. And, and they're like, oh, that's a good idea. I, I say the same of conveyances as I did in the previous conversation about agents needing to earn more, right? Conveyances have painted themselves into a corner, right? And it's not the agent's fault and it's not referral fees fault. A conveyancer that's trying to run a business by charging 299 quid for a conveyance on a 700,000 pound property, you're insane, right? You're mad. That, that is completely underselling what you do. So as conveyancers, like, like estate agents that think getting an instruction is all, all about just chasing the fee down to the lowest level possible, conveyancers have got to start demonstrating not just to the public, but to agents how good they are when it comes to the length of time it takes to get a transaction from offer to completion, fall through rate, which is super important, and, and extolling the virtues of that so that they can say to the consumer and the agent, look, I'm 800 quid, not 300 quid, and I'm not going to pay you a 400 pound referral fee, it's 100 quid, but I can demonstrate to you through arithmetic, through maths, that if I can get deals through two months quicker and with a fall through rate that is half what you're currently experiencing, your bottom line improves regardless. Your bottom line improves. That's just what the mass is. I, I wrote about this for Property Industry Eye recently. It's just, it's just common sense. But we've, as an industry, whether it's conveyancing or estate agency, 
we just we've raced ourselves into a dark corner and we've got to sort ourselves out so these conversations and ian you and i are talking about i don't know if it's appropriate to say this but trying to get some influential agents together in conversation recorded or otherwise that is people with knowledge and experience talking about how to improve the industry and then releasing that out to the sector with a view to having some actual thought leadership in this sector. There's no thought leadership in a state agency. There's no thought leadership in conveyancing. There's no one trying to be bold, innovative, and to actually see this as they should through the lens of the consumer, which then benefits agents and conveyancers. Uh, unfortunately, every time someone puts their head above the parapet like me that suggests it, I get shot down in the forum of property industry eyes. I don't know, the, a pantomime villain devil type character that should keep his mouth shut well, yeah but you you love that in fairness oh i do i absolutely revel in it <laughs> most of the do, stuff do i think, write property industry eye is designed to wind up the trolls of course do you think that um any change will happen whilst there are individuals involved in the sector that change doesn't suit their purpose or serve their purpose without government intervention i, I I'm, I'm sad to say like, I, I love seeing things innovate through a free market philosophy. So from the inside out, I, I've sat on the home buying and selling group, which is about four years old now, which was started by Kate Faulkner and in, includes, you know, land registry and society of um, uh, licensed conveyances and a whole bunch of agents, a whole bunch of stakeholders. I, I really hoped that that was the savior because also it involved the, what was the Ministry of Housing, Communities, and Local Government. So they were involved. What actually that purpose was, was to set up a solution that was industry-led that would then go to government and say we've solved the problem of the hideous process that is buying and selling a home in the uk again to the benefit of everybody um four years on it's still talking um and it's now got about 850 members i'm exaggerating for the sake of making a point it's about 60. um it started off with about 10 of us so it was very agile very fluid and very productive um the last one i went to about three years ago in milton Keynes, i swore i'd never go back do you know why because it was a two-hour meeting. It took an hour to do the introductions. It was utterly ridiculous. So, yes, the industry should try and improve itself without government top-down having to tell it. I'm afraid I think the government will have to tell us how to improve. But, look, can we, like, being political for a second, guys, can we rely on this government to do anything apart from get drunk in drowning, Downing Street right now? Huh, there's a thing, Drowning Street. Why has no one ever used that? Drowning Street. That's brilliant. Um, anyway, um, anyone would think that you're part journalist that you write columns. I know. Who would? Maybe I should try that one day. Yeah. So, so I, I'm. Um, I don't think we can rely on government having the motivation to do anything to change the home buying and selling process. As as an ex housing minister said to me one day, uh, it's not a vote winner. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Don't care. What, what's, you know, no, no one's saying I'm not going to vote Conservative or I'm not going to vote Labour because it took me six months to move house two years ago. Yeah. Um, so I think we're stuck with it unless some of us that have got a voice and a bit of persuasion start talking about it and the press pick up on it and maybe we can just improve it bit by bit organically. Yes, it might take until Ian and I are going to say are old and grey. Look, we kind of both are already. I think that, that boat <laughs> sailed. But we've got to have a go. We've got to have a go, haven't we? I definitely think we've, we've got to, something has to happen because um, if you think about the stats and we, we were talking about figures, if you, um, you have to have a pipeline, I'm talking to agents at the moment, they say, oh, the pipeline's huge, we're in a really good place, pipeline's huge. 
And I say to them, no, you're not in a good place. Your pipeline's got to be two and a half times what it used to be to just bank the same money that you used to be able to bank. Yep. And when you say that, they're like, oh, really? And actually, you're walking a damn sight harder because you've got more units in because your average fee is the same because house prices have gone up, but your fee hasn't gone up. It's actually eroded. Completely right. And I think, you know, it, it do many agents honestly really know what their pipeline conversion is, that they're converting that should be 20. I mean, it's at least 25 percent of your pipeline every month into cash. Right. The, the other thing that shouldn't be lost on us is that the longer your pipeline takes to convert to money, the more vulnerable it is to fall throughs. Right. Exactly so, right. you know, we, we probably don't really know what fall through rate is in the UK. The traditional kind of muted number is what is it alex 30 30 yeah, 33 percent yeah i bet it's not i bet it's 50 and i bet it's getting worse because transactions are taking long to go through they've got longer to be vulnerable they've got longer with which to fall through we, we right, need so to back to the solution that i interrupted you on right solution you ready for this yeah. this is going to be horrible if you're a conveyancer uh we should bring conveyancing into estate agency okay so if I was setting up an estate agent today of any size and any substance, I would bring a licensed conveyancer in under the employee of the estate agent. And that conveyancer therefore would be much more obligated to be in tune with the estate agent and to understand the estate agent and uh, to get stuff done. They'd be more visible to the consumers. They couldn't hide behind not answering the phone and not returning calls. Mm -hmm. um, and they actually then form part of the sales progression team. Because don't you think it's nuts that you've got an estate agent and a conveyancer that are both doing exactly the same thing for the same goal, but they have to have two separate entities. They've got a fee earner on the conveyancing side and a sales progress on the other side, both shouting and screaming at each other, but to do the same thing. Can you imagine two footballers playing for England, playing against Argentina? Can you imagine, I don't know, Kane and whoever running towards the goal arguing with each other and shouting and screaming at each other because guess what's going to happen all you're going to do is fall over the ball and not score a goal maybe it's a silly analogy but you take my point we've got this crazy situation where it's protracted it's disjointed communications bad bring the conveyance into the estate agency business so that you can actually sell that as a to the consumer you can say not only mrs jones are we going to sell your property and help you buy one as well with free advice but we can package up the conveyancing under one roof so that you know exactly where you stand, as do we do with the transaction, rather than us introducing you to someone that we hope with fingers crossed is going to be okay this week when it comes to service, um, who then may or may not fall over and cause problems for the entire transaction. Make it part of the estate agency business. Therefore, it becomes a profit for the estate agency. It also then becomes that estate agent's responsibility but they can own the responsibility because they're more in control of it. So I say abolish conveyances and bring conveyancing into estate agents. Now, I'm, I'm just anticipating when this goes out a bit of hate mail from conveyances now because I just <laughs> suggested that we put them out of business. But it doesn't put them out of business because you can't change the law. You still need a conveyancer. What I'm talking about here is an integration, a proper collaboration, conveyances in estate agency. And guess where they do that? They do that in the U.S., so in some states, they have to have an attorney. The attorney will work within the estate agency. In Florida, for instance, where I was fairly recently, they don't even have to have an attorney. So all they have is title insurance and a contract writer that guess where they sit? In the estate agency office. It makes perfect sense to be joined up, lined up and collaborative, doesn't it? Russell, it's a great comment. I'll, I'll summarise by saying I know of two guild members that have bought conveyancing firms. 
um, that have actually integrated it into their business. They don't pitch an estate agency fee up front to the customer. They pitch a moving fee, which includes all of the disbursements and the conveyancing, et cetera. Nice. Customers like it, much more transparent. And they tell me that their conversion rates are massively up. There you go. And look, well done to them for actually doing it. I mean, look, yeah. to be talking about it as a theory and them actually having done it, look, hats off, that's fantastic. Um, look, and more of the same. And look, if, they're, if they were the pilot then, then, and if it's been successful in terms of transaction times coming down and fall through rates dropping, then brilliant, let's, let's do it. Estate agency industry, let's do that. Russell Quirk, thank you so very much for your brilliant opinion as ever. No problem. Pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Um, let's hope maybe one day, despite the complaints, uh, you might have me back on. Who knows? Without I think that. that's, that sounds like a great idea. Thank you so much, Russell. Pleasure.